stopped, get him stopped. God and Moses both in a sidecar could not drive a sprint car with a thousand horsepower. I swear to God, he's done a double somersault backwards. My car will go past wide open. Uh, my 50,000 came in a Twinkie box. You know, I get my jollies off over looking at a nice car wash. You know, he's going to crash your shit, but he's still, he's still got great stories. Oh, they disappeared. Oh, I'm leading. <laughs> I'm leading. <laughs> you plated your old ball sack and you just freaking let it eat. It's all goddamn assholes and elbows. And if you ain't right, They'll send your ass to the rear. Hello and welcome to this episode of Open Red, episode 217. I am Nick Graziano and with me today is Nick White. Hello, friends. How's it going, Nick? It's going. How are you, Nick? Not too bad. It's the Nick and Nick show right now. That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. As for people that not do not know, uh, Nick kind of talk what you're obviously a big role with Open Red. They don't really this is the first time really hearing you. So kind of talk about what your role has been. I'm usually the uh, not the guy behind the mic. I'm usually the guy behind the computer, putting together these episodes and uh, hopefully making them sound at least decent for all you listeners out there. So, uh, but I'm I'm honored to be behind the mic this week. Yeah, as, uh, he's here because, you know, like, Rob, where's Rob? I have no clue. Haven't heard from him. Don't know. Maybe decided just not show up today. Or I don't know. Just... No, I'm here. Oh, ah, wait. Oh, ah, hey, there he is. We're busted. <laughs> how's, how's it going? I'm, like, waving at you guys like you can see me. Like, no, I'm here, but, like, I'm actually on the phone this time. <laughs> so different. So how's it going, Rob? How are you? I'm doing all right. How are you two doing? Loving this beautiful Good. Charlotte weather. It is fantastic this week, isn't it? It is. I wish I could be outside and enjoying it, but uh, I'm not. That's okay. Had other things going on, and uh, I'm just appreciative of you guys for uh, carrying the load with me uh, sidelined this week. Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you talk about uh, why we're hearing from you from a phone today? Yeah, so uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. And yesterday I had to get a little uh, surgical procedure done. Uh, came came about really, really fast. Um, basically to try to make uh, a long story a little bit shorter is um, a week ago I had to get an ultrasound done on uh, one of the family jewels. And they said, hey, we're pretty certain you have a testicular cancer tumor inside one of them, and we need to get it out, like, now. Earliest we have for you to do that is Monday, so that was yesterday. I uh, got that done, uh, so now I'm down to one jewel, and um, feeling a little bit better today, just kind of kind of resting in a decent amount of pain, but um, as long as that's, you know, all done and out, then we'll be able to be all good for the future. Uh, it's great to hear from great that everything went well. We're uh, happy about that and glad to get to still talk to you today. Absolutely. Um, and hear everything, uh, you know, uh, glad to hear voice is still the same, not a little bit higher or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I can make it a little higher. <laughs> You'll still sound good on here, I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, we're glad that you're recovering and uh, we know that you'll be back soon. So for all yeah, of our listeners out there. Thanks for... Rob's in good hands. Keeping the seat warm, Nick. I appreciate it. Yep, Nick, Nick keeping White. the seat warm. He's rubbing himself all over, <laughs> kind of getting that scent. Oh, so you're saying I got to swap chairs out when I get back in? Most huh? likely. Most yeah, likely. I think he just. I think he likes this chair now. I think <laughs> you might be careful. He might just take your spot when you come back. 
Hey, you know, if, if, if the powers that be decide it's the way we got to go, I totally understand. So I'm like, I've been saying every week, I'm surprised I'm still here. So <laughs> no one can <laughs> if, replace if that's you. Where we go, it's where we go. But, um, you know, one of our sponsors at open red is, as all of you listeners, uh, know by now is, uh, is manscaped. Uh, they're the global leaders in men's below the waist grooming. And, uh, they've actually been, been partnering up with the testicular cancer society to, uh, just, you know, raise awareness for what is, believe it or not, the most common form of cancer in, in men's age 15 to 35. Uh, so, proceeds uh, of everything well not of everything but proceeds of sales go go towards that and uh just raising awareness making sure that you check yourself and you know speaking from experience it's worth doing you, you got to keep up on it you may think it's not going to happen to you oh, i didn't think i was going to be uh you know lay, laid back in bed today dealing uh recovering surgery from from this at all but uh you just gotta be be aware of that and check yourself and and make sure that uh, as as they say as Manscaped says check yourself before you wreck yourself on this because you want to make sure you catch it early before it gets any worse and we're pretty certain that's uh, that's where we're at with my situation and hopefully um, I'm more than happy to to constantly talk about it now and, and tell everyone do do what we did and try to check yourself as soon as possible and make sure that. It gets taken care of. And uh, for those of you still with two out there, A, lucky you, and B, just keep using that Manscaped. Get the Perfect Package 3.0. It comes with the fantastic Lawnmower 3.0 to make sure that you're all trimmed up, ready to go, uh, and you know feeling, feeling cleanly and looking good down there. It comes with the Crop Preserver anti-chafing uh, deodorant for you. Uh, I cannot wait until I can start using that again. But that's going to be a little bit of time. Uh, also comes with the Crop res- Reviver, a spray-on ball toner and refresher. I love that they they say ball toner instead of balls toner because now that it's singular, that works for me. I mean, they, uh, did, they did it for you. They're, it's to make you feel comfortable. Right? It's like, it's like they knew. Um, and then it also comes with anti-chafing performance boxers because let's be honest. What is it today, uh, Nick White? It's like 85 today down here in Charlotte, right? It's beautiful, yeah. It's beautiful, but we know that that summer weather is coming, and we all know that chafing comes along with that. And the Perfect Packers 3.0 anti-chafing performance boxers is going to keep you feeling cool, feeling fresh, not feeling chafed. So make sure that you go and get yourself the Perfect Package 3.0. You can do so by going to manscaped.com and using the the offer code OPENRED20. That's 20% off plus free shipping if you use Promo code OPENRED20 at manscaped.com. Take it from us. Your balls will thank you. Or in my case, your ball will thank you. One or two works either way. Manscaped (laughs) will work for you. (laughs) Well said. Well said. Well, unfortunately, while you're out, uh, you had to miss a great interview that uh, Nick and I had with Dominic Selzy. Uh, he talked about his uh, debut with Dirt Vision over the weekend, which I think we, I'm sure Rob knows was uh, pretty spectacular. It was uh, a lot of fun to watch, a lot of hear, a lot of fun to uh, hear his perspective on everything, um, and it was a good chat just to talk with him about that and his uh, life and racing career at the moment too. Dominic sounded great on the two broadcasts, from what I was able to catch at both shows on uh, Friday and Saturday from Peevely. Uh, to be honest with you, 
I am so glad that you guys carried the load and did this interview uh, with me on the sidelines because it actually hurts to laugh. And we all know Dominic is as entertaining as it gets. So I would have been in so much pain because he would have had us laughing the entire time, I'm sure. Yeah, it was great. And uh, why don't we just get right into it and you can hear it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Enjoy. Please take the name or number. And joining us today is Dominic Selzy. Dominic, how's it going? Going good, guys. Got no complaints. I'm feeding my dogs, having myself self a Reese's Pieces, and I'm enjoying my life. <laughs> That's the way to go. <laughs> How's the dogs doing? They're doing good. They're always tearing something up, so I got to kind of look after them now and then, but they love coming to the shop every day and uh, causing mischief. There you nice. go. Now, it's one of them you uh, adopted or found. Was that rescued? Was that was that the case? Yeah, actually, um, back in 2019, I found Frank in between – Placerville and Stockton. We were staying at the Pinellas shop with uh, the 15 team and Frank was a stray German shepherd. And I, uh, I fed him some steak and some hot dog and he jumped on up in my truck when we were headed home and he's <laughs> slept in my bed ever since. Nice. It's a good boy right there. He's awesome. <laughs> That's cool. That's very cool. Uh, now, obviously, um, I think everybody's the, one of the biggest talks from the weekend, uh, aside from Brad dominating was, uh, your stint in the booth with Johnny. <laughs> I, I think it speaks for everybody that we were all very impressed and, uh, had a lot of fun listening to you up there. How was it fun for you too? You know, it was a blast. It was kind of one of those last minute deals that, um, you know, I, had actually been talking to Brian Dunlap and Johnny maybe a few weeks before that on Twitter, I was joking around like, Oh, you know what? Maybe I need to come up and be in the booth one time. And, Honestly, I'm not even sure what got us on that subject, but then I was walking through the pits. I kind of had surprised my brother for, um, what, what is it, Easter, and uh, Johnny saw me walking through the pits, so he shot me a text. Hey, I'd love for you to come up and do the heat races with me, and I'm like, yeah, you know what? That'd be perfect. I can go up there and watch and, and just kind of see what Johnny does. You know, I've listened to him for years and years now, but never actually seen him at work, so I went up there and... I might've said maybe three or four things. And then my phone started going off like crazy. All these racers are texting me, dude, that was awesome. And I'm like, man, I'm just kind of talking how I would be in the pit area, which was really cool. So then he's like, you have to come back for the B main and main event. So I make my way back up there. Main event goes on. And then I think everyone saw how it went crazy on Twitter, which I thought was so neat. And then to go back and do it again, Saturday night, which I think we got even more, tweets and text messages and calls and so many people you know they were they really enjoyed it which i thought was so cool because i mean i really didn't feel like i was doing anything special i was just johnny was lining up the questions perfect for me and i was able to sort of put my input as a driver and as a racer to see what i would be looking for right now and and um you know i kind of know what some of these guys do behind the wheel so i had a good idea of what they were going to be doing when we went back green and how to race the racetrack so it was really neat yeah, definitely added a whole new level to the broadcast for sure. Uh, it was really neat to get all that insight, um, and just that specific insight, like you said, like you knew what some guys were doing, and like you were calling what Craig was supposed to do, and then he did it and uh, almost won. It was, it was really cool, just kind of foreshadowing what we might even see. Uh, was it uh, nerve-wracking being up there doing that? Did you feel comfortable doing that? You know, I, I would say the first day I was extremely nervous, uh, mostly because anyone that knows me outside of – the booth, they know that I use a lot of profanity when I talk and it's just <laughs> something that I've become com- comfortable with. And, um, you know, I, I'm very much one person. I, I'm, uh, I'm just me, whether you love me or you hate me, I'm just always myself and I always enjoy being myself. And I wanted to make sure Johnny brings, um, at the utmost level of, of profession when it comes to being in the booth. 
And I didn't want to dumb that down by being goofy and funny. And I didn't want to dumb it down by, you know, saying, you know, any curse word at all. So I, I really wanted to do this as professional as possible. And then about halfway through the main event, when our mics were off, he was kind of like, Hey, um, you know, don't be afraid to be funny. Like I want you up here to, you know, if you can crack a joke or anything like that, you know, I, that I would like to see you do that. I'm like, well, I just, I don't want to lessen the broadcast. Like to me, a world of outlaw race, there's nothing funny about it. These are the most talented race car drivers in the world. I want to make sure that the, what I'm saying on the mic and what I'm offering up is something that is going to be informational and something that, you know, the drivers that are at home watching, they're like, Oh yeah, no, I totally get that. That's exactly what I was thinking. And people that don't know are like, wow, I never even looked at it like that. And then when they did it, like when I was saying, Hey, look for the middle to come in late. And then, you know, sure enough, the 11 K is running through the middle, almost running down Brad. I was like, man, that made me feel good that I, you know, I, I do have a good idea of what's going on. And obviously when you've raced as long as I have, you, you have a good idea of what these guys are going to do. Right. Did you have, like you said, you joked about it with them on Twitter, possibly doing this. Did you have, like an interest of doing something like this before has it grown now do you want to do more of this to be completely honest i had absolutely zero interest in doing it <laughs> um i honestly almost hesitated just telling johnny hey you know what i thank you but i think i'm just going to hang out here um mostly because i like i when i'm at the racetrack i'm very involved in whatever i'm doing um the only reason why i really went up there on friday was because my brother didn't qualify very well and I'm like, man, I don't really want to be in the way when when things aren't going well. He, you know, he takes things very serious, anyways. And I didn't want to put that added pressure on him uh, with me being around or me asking questions or, hey, you know, like you want me to get your helmet ready or anything like that. I just like, you know what? Maybe it's best that I just kind of go up and watch. And so I decided, you know what? What's the worst that could happen? I went up there and had a great time. And you know, honestly, now I I would I would love to do it again. I think that's something that. I hope I don't get the opportunity to do it again just because I hope when I'm at an outlaw race, I want to be racing. Um, but you know, who knows? I obviously I, I'm not racing Bristol. You know, we, you know, we weren't able logistically to make it work to take our stuff back there. So we had talked about, you know, just flying in and watching that weekend anyways. So that might be a possibility of us watching, you know, Bristol and I might be up in the booth there. So I, I'm really not sure right now. I, I enjoyed it. Something I've, I, uh, you know, definitely would like to do again at some point, but, kind of just depends on when I'm not racing here at home or racing with the outlaws or, you know, I, I'm off work. It's, it's kind of tough to do the logistics of it to make it happen. Right. For sure. Now, Nick, well, I know you, you uh, work with all the broadcasts and editing mm-hmm. and uh, see what, what was your take uh, watching Dominic up there? I, I, you added a new level to the broadcast for me. I mean, I kind of just uh, was at home and, and watching this weekend. So as a viewer, it, it elevated the broadcast and, and obviously having Johnny, uh, everybody knows Johnny's the voice of the outlaws, but hearing you dr- add that driver insight uh, was a special touch and, and stellar job this weekend. I think you, you knocked it out of the park. Well, I really appreciate that. And that's kind of like, it was funny after the first night, Johnny was like, I, I'm not taking this lightly. You, you did so good and we worked so yeah. well together. It's like, it's like we've done this for years. Yeah. And I'm like, John, I think when, you know, I, I've listened to a ton of races. I watch the replays every week, and what I noticed is, uh, oh, that's my dog. He heard a, a, a doorbell <laughs> on the radio, so he thinks somebody's at the door. Um, but you know, when, when you hear guys, John Gibson, he is the lead role. Yeah, you can't have two lead roles, and when you do, it has to work very, very special. I, and I had told him, I, I don't really want to help call the race. I don't want anything like that. I said, I just want to give my insight, 
And when I feel something, you know, I can kind of judge off of him when he's ready to stop talking that I can jump in and add something that I'm, I'm seeing that, you know, maybe the, the normal fan isn't seeing and what a racer is going to be looking towards. Cause like I, I try to watch every lap on the racetrack when I'm racing. So if I'm in heat two, I've got, you know, dirt vision in my hand watching heat race one going, Oh, you know what? Brad sweet. Like he was kind of catching my brother around the bottom and my brother was up around the top, but then halfway through the race, I noticed the top kind of gained its momentum up and then started kind of, you know, not really leaving Brad, but kind of leaving a little bit of room. So for me, I, I want to, that's what I want to log in my head. So instead of logging in my head, I'm just saying it out loud to the fan or whoever's watching the show. This is, this is what I would be looking for. This is what I would be doing out there. And it, you know, I, I think a lot of fans and a lot of racers really enjoyed it, which was uh, to me, it was really cool. Sure. Absolutely. Um, was there anything that you learned yourself? Uh, just maybe you realized something different just being up there, there. Uh, yeah, I, I actually told my dad and my brother on Saturday night after the race were over, I said, I would probably never lose a race if I was up there and then <laughs> able to come back down and jump in my car and run the heat race, because you see so much of what's going on up there. It actually, and, and, and again, when you're racing, you kind of have your blinders on, you're thinking, okay, what do I need to do to advance the one position? I'm up there just watching, basically taking it all in going, like I, now I want to race Peevely. I want to run the Ironman this year because I, I felt like I, I really saw a lot of things, a lot of tendencies of the drivers and ways they drove the racetrack that I was like, wow, I would love to, to go back there and try that again that sometimes you don't see on the highlight reel. So for me, it was, I think, a good learning experience as a driver to see, hey, we've got some opportunity here to actually like, – I, I can learn something with this. And listening to John and watching John was incredible because like he doesn't really watch the races. He's just – bouncing left to right to left to right to left to right and then he's calling stuff out he might not even be looking he's he's seen it happen in two and now he's back at into into one you know i mean it's incredible watching him do what he does and you know what i mean there's a reason he's been the voice of the outlaws for so long for sure and he's super quick too he, like, he is very on top of it yeah he can anticipate so much of the race and like you said he can call it before it even happens Yep. And, and you know what? Just like a good book, when you read a good book, you can see it in your head. When you're listening to him, you can see the moves and see the race going on, which, you know, quite frankly, not many, um, you know, announcers can do. And he, he does it better than anyone else I know. Well said. For sure. Now, speaking of racing for uh, yourself, what does racing this year look like for you? Yeah, you know, I've, I've been working full time at our family business and I've just kind of we've been racing out here in California, running the local stuff, the 410 and 360 stuff. And I mean, man, I'll tell you what, we've had the best start to a season I've ever had. We ran really good down there in Arizona with the 410 stuff. And then, um, you know, I've been really strong here the last couple of weeks. We've won uh, three out of the last four races and won the last two in a row. So we've been extremely strong behind the wheel. And, um, you know, obviously with the outlaws not coming to California it's put a really big damper on, on my right. career or not my career, but my, my season, because I, you know, I've really raced 80, 90% of my races over the last five or six years have been outlaw events. And now that I'm not running outlaw events, I, I, you know, I, I love racing. I, I enjoy it. Something that I will want to do for the rest of my life, but there's a little bit less excitement and flair when you're not lining up against Brad sweet and, you know, my brother or, Donnie shots. Those, those are the guys that I want to race. Those are the guys that I want to beat. So when I'm not racing them, um, you know, not that I take it less serious, but 
I try to almost uh, push myself even harder because I, when they do come to town, I want to be ready for them and I, I don't want to get stale. So I, I'm almost trying even harder now that I'm not racing with them because it, it takes a little bit of that excitement and a little bit of that pressure away when you're not running against the outlaws. So you said uh, going even harder at it. What does that mean for you? What are you doing to try and uh, be more prepared for when they come around? Well, you know what? I, I lost 20 pounds over the off season and uh, we lost 25 pounds off the race car. So almost a 30 pound swing there, plus the 25 pound weight rule that has been added mm-hmm. on uh, to the world of outlaws, which is, you know, now we're talking 65, 70 pound switch. So we've got a new engine that ran extremely well. And the, the nights that we've run it, I, what basically what we're doing right now is we're trying to take ourselves from qualifying 12th to 18th to qualifying fifth to 10th. Right. We've shown that we can race with them. I mean, been hard charger a bunch of times. We've, you know, we've podiumed a bunch of times. We've run really well with them, but I've never felt like when we unload that we have a legitimate shot night in and night out. And quite frankly, we've worked really hard on our race cars. So not just taking the weight off of myself and the race car, we've, we've really worked hard on getting our race car. Like our package is really good right now. And when we go to the races, we know exactly where we need to be. Never are we second guessing, Oh, should we you know, make that change or should we do this? Should we do that? We know exactly what we want to do before we do it. And we know what direction we're going all night long. And I mean, it, it's played that way every single night, every time that we've made a change, it's been the right, right change. Every time we've decided we're going to try this, it's worked out in our favor. So for us, in my opinion, I think our race car is better than it's ever been. And, you know, I feel I'm working a little bit harder on, you know, my diet. I'm, I've, I've cut out a lot of, um, not that I, you know, was a crazy raging drinker, but you know, I, I like to have fun on the road. And I think a lot of people know that, but I've, I've really cut back on that as well. And I've tried to try to take this as serious as possible because for me, you know, I, I've got a kid on the way. I just bought a house. I'm working full-time at the business. The, the dream of being the full-time outlaw to me is kind of fading away, but I want to show that I can still do it. And I want when, you know, God forbid somebody can't make a weekend or, or, you know, you see somebody have an injury or something. I want to be the first name on the list that they want to call to fill in. So I want to be that guy that they, you know, you see fill in like, you know, years ago, we'd see Brandon Wimmer jump in or we'd see, you know, whoever jump in and fill a void when something happened. But I want to be that guy now. I want to be the guy that everyone goes, man, if, if I have to get somebody that's not on the road, Dominic sells, is the guy I want to call because he's capable of winning these races and he's capable of running up front. And that's for me, what I really want to focus on because I feel like just the little changes that we've made as a team and me as, as myself personally, it's shown off. I mean, we've won four races and I think 11 starts and I think we have 10 top tens and eight top fives. So it's been a, it's been a hell of a start to the season. For sure. Um, and speaking of that guy they want to call to put in the car, obviously you've had a relationship with Roth before, but they put you into 83 car for those final few races last year. Uh, what was that experience like? Was that anything different uh, than what you'd experienced uh, before or did you learn anything from that? Or is that just kind of um, another fun thing to do in those final few races? You know, actually, it was kind of funny. Like, I they had called me earlier in the year, and not, I mean, not much earlier, but they did contact me earlier in the season when they had originally decided that they were going to make a change, and and Darren was going to go a separate direction. They were going to go a separate direction, and I had had that conversation then, and I personally had no interest in wanting to do it. I'm like, hey, we're still working on our stuff. I don't feel like we're there yet, and I'm someone that like I take a lot of pride in our family race team, and I didn't want to you know, take away from that. I I didn't want to have my guys sitting on the bench, you know, Jimmy Carr, he's won it all. He's done it all. I I didn't really want to lose the relationship that him and I were starting to build and put that on hold for a little bit. So I I actually declined originally. And then 
obviously a few weeks later, they, there was another change made and it was kind of like, Hey, we're not asking, we're telling you, you know, Dennis <laughs> and Todd have done a, a really, you know, they, they've done so much for me in my career. They've done, they've been great for me. So I almost felt like I owed it to them. And, and I actually had a lot of fun. We went out there and, um, my goodness, we changed a lot of stuff. And I, I don't think we were actually done at the end of the year. We, you know, we had the, the one night at Kokomo where we were really good and then we made a change and then we were really bad. So we were kind of wading through a lot of things that, you know, over their, you know, couple changes that they were making there, they had sort of gotten lost. So I, we kind of came in as like the fixer up crew. And, um, you know, I definitely think that we got it a little bit better and got it more so how they run things in California is because I, I was their driver in 2019 in California. So mm-hmm. we kind of just were moving stuff back that direction. And, uh, you know, obviously with, with hiring Aaron Reisel, I, I was a, a big, um, you know, advocate for that. I thought that was a great move on their part. And, um, you know, they, they obviously, they went with everything that Aaron was doing. They, you know, they went to, to different frames and, and changed some shock stuff around and, and did it exactly to what their package was used to. So I thought that was great, but I had a lot of fun because I kind of, uh, joked around my brother. I'm like, Oh, I was, I was a full-time outlaw before you were. (laughs) And, um, you know, I, I got to have fun with that, but you know, in reality, I, I more so, yes, it was a ride. Yes. It was, you know, I was hired to go out there and compete, but we were more so the cleanup crew than anything. It wasn't like, uh, you know, I, I, there was some people on Twitter there that they were like, Oh wow. You know, Dominic's going to be full-time outlaw. That really was never the case. I was more so going in there as a friend to Dennis and Todd's and we were trying to just kind of wade through what exactly was going on. If we could, kind of help them out because at that point we'd already known what the plan was for 2021 and we were just kind of getting things sort of in that direction for them. Right. And I know you talked about, uh, just kind of joking, being full-time outlaw and kind of that probably being the goal at one point, but obviously it sounds like you have a lot of good things going for you now with the business and family. Um, uh, but was that, uh, how was that transition in your head to tell yourself that that's not really the goal anymore? Now you have, you have these other things that you find that you want to focus on more now. Well, in my head, it's been easy. I, I look at, you know, our, we have a, a family business that is quite large and it's growing every year. And it's something that I really enjoy. I truly enjoy what we do at work and I enjoy my position there. I'm, I'm kind of doing a lot of different things and, and I've noticed that what I've been doing has really been helping. And that's something that I take a lot of pride in, something that I truly enjoy. But my heart, it's very hard. I, uh, mm-hmm. I want to be a full-time outlaw. You know, I, I think... Last year, we were looking back on last year, and I, I was like, man, we really made the mistake not just doing the full all-star deal because I think I ran like you know, half their races. I think I ran like 30 of their races, and we ran – I think I was in like 18 of their dashes and ran inside the top 10 all these, all these times. And I was like, wow, we really messed up not doing that whole thing. But we also had a lot of fun being able to kind of go wherever we wanted – and Jimmy and I, I think it was good for us to kind of bond and figure out what, you know, what we needed to do to get me comfortable and, and him and I on the same page. Um, you know, but then again, I, I'm not going to rule out that I'll never ba- be back on the road. It's something that I still want to do. And my dad still wants to see me do it. It's just right now, you know, there's so much going on at home with work and family that it's just not in the cards. And this is a, I mean, this is like me going to college. I'm, I'm full time here every day. I'm, I'm really trying to, take in everything that I can that way, you know, when the time does arise and I'm able to go back on the road, when I do fly home during the week that I'm, when I show up to work and I know what's going on. And that's, I think the most important thing of everything. Uh, and you just mentioned, uh, working with Jimmy Carr, uh, when you started working with him, was that, uh, did you two mesh right away? Was there a little bit of work to find that chemistry and just kind of, uh, him figuring out what works best for you coming from, uh, all those years at TSR? Well, it was just weird. Like, you know, he does things a lot different than mm-hmm. the previous couple guys that I'd ever worked with. And like, we, we went to, 
Hanford, a local 360 show, and like we qualified really good, ran good in the heat race, went like fifth or sixth to second, running down the leader. I mean, we're going to eat his lunch, and then we lost an engine. So I was like, wow, that was a great way to start. And then we went down to Arizona. We ran really good through the ASCS national deal. We're actually leading points when they left California uh, last year. And then obviously COVID hit, which we had no plans to do an ASCS thing anyways. But you know, now the outlaws don't come out here and all these different things happened. We sat around for a month and a half when I felt like him and I were really starting to, to gel. Well, then we went to the Midwest and we struggled for, I want to say, probably a month. Hmm. We fell into a, a 360 win, a, an ASCS win in, in Lake Ozark, and then we kind of went back to really struggling. We were changing all kinds of stuff around, and then we went to, to do the all-star thing, the Thunder Through the Plains, and it was like we couldn't do any wrong. So there was flashes of brilliance and flashes of like, oh my God, we, we are on two completely separate pages. But we slowly and consistently worked towards what I needed to feel and we worried less on what the results were saying and less on, you know, how was our speed? How did I feel? Like, could I could I maneuver the race car? Could I race with guys? And then once we got that really good, then we we actually ended up changing uh, chassis manufacturers. We went, went to a Maxim chassis for the first time for me in, uh, I want to say, seven years. And then immediately the change in results came. We, we ran really strong. Um, we ran second several times, ran third several times at big all-star events. Um, you know, big 360 events, races across the country that we ran really strong with. And I felt like that was where we needed to be. So then obviously we come home in October, or September, October, and then back out on the outlaw tour, which our stuff kind of sat, you know, there until January. But I felt like we learned enough throughout the year that we were ready to go and ready to start. And that's kind of where we have started off now. We, we basically where we left off in 2020 is where we started off in 21. And it's really showing. And every night I still think we're getting better and better together. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun uh, just finding that chemistry, having everything click and uh, going well so far. Um, yeah, one thing I think I always found really cool, um, like with brothers and racing, you see a lot of times that maybe there's um, a lot of competitiveness, maybe a little bit of jealousy. But between you and Gio, it seems like there's this real bond, this real friendship, and you're always uh, helping each other. Was there always was it always like that between you? Did you have to build towards that? You know what? We've just always been so close. We didn't really have a choice but to be close. I mean, when when my dad was racing, he was gone a lot. And, you know, the two of us, we just did everything together. He never really hung out with kids his age. He hung out with, the you know, the kids that were my age. And we're, we got a four-year difference with each other. So, you know, actually, Logan Seavey sent me this perfect article. And it's like, why are younger brothers better in sports than older brothers? Because, you know, the, the Seavey brothers and, and us, we kind of have a running joke that, you know, I always say the older brothers are better. And they always say that – or and, uh, Logan and G always say the younger brothers are better. And um, it, I actually read the article and it was talking about how the older brother pushes the younger brother so hard mm. as a young kid that they are able to adapt better when it comes into, you know, playing against kids their age and their sport, stuff like that. And, you know, I, it's funny you talk to Gio and it resonates with him as well. He says the same thing. So him and I were able to race so hard against each other as kids in like go-karts in the front yard and, and messing around that he learned okay, when do I slide myself after getting, you know, passing a car? Okay, now I need to slide myself. Or, hey, when I slide this guy, I got to make sure that I, I don't jump the cushion. And all these small things that, you know, the talent-wise was always there. But I think, it, you know, it, it was really cool that I was able to help him just kind of figure out some small things for him to kind of guide his talent in the right direction. And I've never looked at us as rivals. I've always looked at us as teammates. So if I'm not going to win, I sure as hell want him to win. And, you know, if, if somebody's going to win these races, you want it to be your buddy or your friend. You don't want it to right. be some guy you dislike. So <laughs> it's been easy for us to always root each other on. I think I want to say probably the only time that, you know, maybe we weren't the best of pals was, uh, you know, th there was a couple times 
at the trophy cup where him and I got racing and I wasn't very happy with the stuff he did. And I don't think he meant to do it, but we definitely had a long talk after that. And it never turned into a rivalry. It was more so like, dude, let me go. Um, <laughs> so that, that was kind of uh, that was kind of funny, but I think all brothers go through that. Cool. Yeah. Well, Hey, uh, we really appreciate you coming on and give us a time. It was a fun chat. I appreciate you guys having me on. I love listening to you guys. And, uh, yeah, I, like I said, I had a lot of fun in the booth, but, uh, you know, my heart and soul still sitting behind the wheel. And I'm hoping that at one of these races that, uh, Johnny can call me winning an outlaw show and, and, uh, then it'll be a lot different when I go up in the booth and I can, I can talk a little bit more crap than I did last weekend. <laughs> yeah, for sure. We're always looking forward to whether in the car or uh, in the booth. Thank yep. you. Appreciate awesome, it. guys. Yeah, Nick, that was that was a lot of fun talking with Dom and uh, kind of hearing what he's got going on and uh, just his perspective from the booth, too. It was, yeah, and he's a very busy guy. And the other thing that I loved that he talked about was his uh, passion for his brother and how just the relationship that he's got. Me being, uh, I have four brothers, and I can say that I don't have that much compassion for my brothers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know I could be that. Uh, I'm an only child, so uh, I guess easier, hard enough, or whatever for me to say, but I don't know if I could be uh, that not as competitive as like, uh, they, obviously they just have such a great relationship with each yeah. other and helping each other out and working with each other. So it's, it's really cool to see that. It was. Yeah. And just going back to the, the whole booth uh, talk that we, you know, we're talking with him about. Um, yeah, I, I think he, I thought he did a stellar job. Um, you know, we talked about him and Johnny bantering back and forth that they sounded natural. Yeah, I know we all been hyping it up, and really, you can I think you can go back in the Dirt Vision Vault and listen to it. Like it was very impressive, especially for his first time just hopping up in there. It sounded like he's been doing this for years, so it was, it was just really cool to see in general too. Absolutely, absolutely. Rob, do you got anything? You know, I, I like you said, I enjoy how supportive he is of his brother Geo. Uh, I know as as being an older brother myself of of one we're both pretty competitive. I would usually end up beating him and things and he would end up getting frustrated. And I love beating my brother, but when I'm not competing directly head to head with him, I'm always his number one fan. And it seems like that's the same relationship that Dominic and Gio have too. And as you guys said, he was a natural in the booth. I kind of loved seeing Dominic don the, uh, the dirt vision colors this weekend. And I hope we get more of it. For sure. It sounds like we will. And I think uh, we'll be uh, just as uh, happy to hear him and more. Absolutely. I'm looking for, forward to more races that he might call. Yeah. Speaking of the races he did call, they were a couple great races at uh, I-55. Again, yes, just Peely continuing to put on great races and uh, exciting events. Absolutely. Yeah. Brad Sweet, what, three in a row? Four in a row? Yeah, he's just been on a roll this year. I mean, it's just, yeah, four in a row right now. I mean, he has, he's only finished outside the top 10 once so far, and that was 11th place. Everything else has been a top five finish. He's had nine podiums and 11 starts so far this year. Uh, 2.8 average finish. I mean, it's just crazy. You know, I keep saying, like, oh, I don't think anybody's going to run away with the points. We have a good points battle, which I think we still have a good points battle. But I don't know. Brad's making me look pretty bad here. I think he might just <laughs> end up running away with it at the moment here. You know, I... I, I... I tend to agree with that. However, it is still actually pretty tight. Logan's not really getting letting him get too far away as I take a look at the points here. Brad's up on Logan Schuhart by 46 points. 72 points uh, is the margin between Brad and third place Sheldon Hoddenshield, who, by the way, I'm feeling so much better now. He's, he's really overcoming the old uh, 
podcast host jinx that I put on him at the very start of the season. Well, being only 72 out, two wins to Brad's five, that's really not that bad. Fourth place, David Gravel, 80 points out. Fifth place, Carson Macedo, 116 out. The one that has me really surprised, though, and I know it's still early in the season, but Donnie Schott's sitting in sixth place, 122 points out. When is the last time that we have seen that sort of number placed next to Donnie Schott's? I can't remember it. Very, very long time. And honestly, he was, and we all saw he was on his way to a potential win. I think it was the Friday night's race, and then having another mechanical issue. It was just crazy. He's just having out, once he has a good run, he's leading, just something breaks. It's just like, I don't know. I don't want to say it's the 300 win curse, but it's just, uh, it's just crazy that that keeps happening. It's looking like yeah. that. I mean, if, if, if he didn't have bad luck, he'd have no luck at all right now. It's just nuts that we're 11 races into the season. Donnie still has a zero in the win column uh, as you, you start seeing other guys creeping up there. But, I mean, realistically, the wins are really evenly spread out. you got one with Logan, two with Sheldon, one with David Gravel, one with Macedo, one with Aaron Reitzel. The only one that's really st- sticking out big time is Brad Sweet with five. And, of course, that's got him where he should be right at the top of the standings. Right. I think he'll be strong again this weekend when we go to uh, try, uh, I believe it's Kokomo on Friday, then Tri-State Speedway on Saturday. Another couple of really fun tracks. Um, and obviously, Brad almost won uh, at Tri-State. Um, had a little bit of an issue, engine issue, I believe, at Kokomo last year. But still, another couple yes. really fun tracks that I think we're going to see a lot, a lot more good racing I in, too. The, the thing that impressed me the most this weekend is that ever since Sheldon's performance in the Ironman in 2019, where he just absolutely dominated that race, we've come to look at Peevely as Sheldon Hoddenshield's racetrack. And then Brad goes in there and sweeps the weekend and says, not so fast, everyone. You know, I've been, the TV that I've been watching while I've been recovering has shown a lot of the old uh, Geico Dikembe Matumbo commercial. Not today. I felt like Brad was doing that, giving the old finger wag. Not today, Sheldon. This <laughs> is my place still. And you guys all got to remember that. And he showed that this weekend, uh, sweeping both races. We almost saw Craig Kinsry win, though, that first night. Craig came, so it was really cool to see have uh, Craig have such a good run uh, Friday night and be up there competing for the win. That was a lot of fun. I know a lot of people uh, were cheering for that. As much as we like to see um, anybody win, it, it would have been really cool to see uh, Craig Kinsry win there as well. I think, what is that, three really strong runs in a row now for Craig, dating back to, um, oh man, where did we go last week on Saturday prior to... We were at Lake Ozark. Thank you. The Jason Johnson Classic. Did he not get a top five there as well, I believe? Made the dash. Uh, And then second this past Friday night, another top ten with a seventh-place run on Saturday at Peavely. That's a a really, really nice uh, run of races there, and it's it's got him moved up to eighth now in the standings as well. Yeah, it seems like we keep talking about Craig more and more every week now. It would be really cool to see that 11K get into victory lane here pretty soon. That would be awesome to see. It's been a long time coming. Uh, the sure run has. he's on now, who do we think gets a win first, Donnie Schotch or Craig Kinzer? Ooh, that's a oh, good man. question. That's a great question. I don't know. I think Craig might have uh, a good opportunity this weekend, too. I know he's been good. This is We're going back to his home state, so could see I, uh, Craig Kinzer break through and get that first win since I think like 2017 it's been now. I think you're right. So I, while I agree with you, I think even though Donnie's had this really strong run of bad luck, um, he was so strong at Kokomo back in October last year. 
uh, and, and just kind of faded right near the end there. And when I say faded, he didn't fade far. I think he still ended up second or third in that race, but he was pretty much the dominator through, I think, 25 or 35 laps in that one. Uh, I think he could go and, and, and win Kokomo, but that said, Craig's had success at Kokomo too. I, I think the only three active winners on the outlaws that have won at Kokomo is Donnie, Craig, and now Sheldon. So, Correct. Yep. uh, we, we could see Craig break that winless streak this week too. Yeah, it'd be cool to see. I know, I know we're, and obviously Kokomo last year is where we all saw Sheldon pull off that crazy oh, yeah. move through the middle. I believe it was uh, Reitzel and Donnie. Uh, that's a yep. fun one to go back and watch. I'm sure we'll see a lot of cool shots like that again this weekend. Um, and just talking about how competitive everybody is, like uh, Logan Shuhart, too. You know, we can't count him out still. Like how we saw a Friday night, all of a sudden he came out of nowhere and finished third. Like, wait, he's on the podium? Where did Sheldon or uh, Logan come from? It seems like he does that a lot. He's really good at doing that. Um, and that's put him second in points now, even though uh, he's finished in the top 10 every race so far this year. It's just Brad's been just that little bit better than him so far. And he's pretty, he started pretty deep in the field. Yeah. And like you said, just came out of nowhere. But that's the, that's the Logan that we know is he's just a hard charger every single lap when it comes to feature time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I can't tell you how many times last year, you know, uh, tweeting the race, trying to follow along and live tweet all of a sudden look up and like, wait, wait is where'd Logan come from? <laughs> he's up there it now. Seems he's done that a lot. You know, you, you look back at the Kings Royal 2019 Knoxville nationals, 2019. He, if Logan could figure out how to qualify up front consistently and make the dash consistently, pretty much every show like Brad does and not be start, not be starting by giving Brad a handicap every, every night he'd be right there because, I mean, even though you look at the wins, right, it's five wins to one, ten top tens to eight, or I'm sorry, ten top fives to eight for Brad to Logan, ten top tens for Brad to eleven top tens for Logan. As you said, he's top ten to every single start. It's just the wins where there's disparity, but he's not letting him really get away. Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to see these next few races just – a lot of really good tracks coming up. And uh, if you want to go to those tracks, make sure you go to worldofoutlaws.com. Uh, you can find our full schedule and get all the tickets there. Um, and if you can't make it to the track, um, obviously the best way to continue the watching is Dirt Vision. DirtVision.com gets your uh, Platinum Fast Pass subscription. Uh, that's the annual subscription for uh, $2.99. Or you can get the monthly Fast Pass subscription for 39 bucks a month. Not a bad deal. Not terrible at all. No, I I think it's a fantastic deal before you mentioned, uh, you know, going back and and watching this past weekend's races in the vault. If you're a FastPass subscriber, you always get first access to the races on demand in our exclusive section. Uh, They they usually are available in the exclusive section within about 20 minutes of the event's conclusion on on event night. And they stay there for for about five to five days to a week. Uh, before anyone else gets the chance to watch them for free, so just another little little incentive. And you know, Nick, you Nick G, because man, we got two of you guys on the Nick and Nick show today. I got to differentiate. Nick squared here today. <laughs> you mentioned uh, the platinum one, as we've been saying all year long with the platinum fast pass. You also get included in that every single night of the Knoxville Nationals included. So uh, that's just another great deal there. And, you know, you mentioned the races coming up. We've got a, the month of April is a really cool-looking schedule. Kokomo this weekend, like we mentioned, on Friday night, Tri-State Speedway in Hopstad, Indiana, Saturday night. Uh, then the week after that, 
We go down to Oklahoma at Lawton Speedway, really cool little place. Then Saturday, April 17th, we, we go to the birthplace of the World of Outlaws for the Texas Outlaw Nationals at Devil's Bowl Speedway. Where and uh, Gravel that, and Sheldon tied for the win right. in the dash last year. That, right. Oh, man, I, how did I forget about that? That was just absolutely incredible. And that then even the, tie. It's the crazy. weekend that I'm so looking forward to, April 22nd through the 24th, the World of Outlaws, Bristol Throwdown, the return after 20 years to Bristol Motor Speedway for the World of Outlaws and Austin to drink sprint cars. They'll be joined on that bill both nights of racing by the the beasts of the Northeast, the uh, the ground-shaking, window-rattling, is that how Shane Andrews says it? Oh, yeah, earth-pounding. The modifieds <laughs> of the Super Dirt Car Series. Uh, that is just an incredible doubleheader. I, yeah, it'll I be can't really wait fun. That you know, we're all really excited to see sprint cars there, but I think we're all just as excited to see the big blocks take on that track too. Just what they can do. Um, it's nice to see them racing again. I know they'll be back uh, season opener uh, this Saturday as well at Can Am Speedway. Um, but yeah, it'll That's be really right. cool to see them paired with the sprint cars coming up at Bristol. Is this their first time going to Bristol? Yeah, yeah. This will be their yeah, uh, be uh, debut. Really interesting. Yeah, it'll be really cool and to see how they perform there. And the best part, too, now with the big blocks is every single event for the big block modifies of the Super Dirt Car Series is live on uh, Dirt Vision included in the Fast Pass. So just more incentive to go out and get your Fast Pass through Dirt Vision. Exactly. It'd be a lot of fun to watch. Um, I believe Stuart Friesen will be in a big block there. And obviously we know he's won with the World of Outlaws. Uh, so it'll be cool to see him there and a lot of other big names from the Northeast. Um, but then first, the, this weekend, we've got the late models and the modifieds at Bristol. Um, and Thursday will be a practice session. There'll also be a special uh, Dirt Vision broadcast. Uh, Matt Yoakum, I'm sure a lot of you might know that name from uh, the NASCAR broadcast. And along with Ashley Stremme, will be hosting a uh, pretty cool show that night as we do uh, practice sessions for the late models and modifieds. Uh, we'll have pit reporting going on, some driver interviews, a lot of cool stuff going on. I believe we'll be doing the same thing during Sprint Week. Um, uh, when they have their Thursday night practice on the 22nd. Yep, so it'll be a lot of cool. Make sure you tune in for those. There'll be a lot of uh, cool content coming out of those. Yeah, and those shows, the, the practice night shows are rain or shine. I haven't actually taken a look at the weather forecast for Thursday night in Bristol or really at, at all for this weekend. But, uh, you know, even if for some reason Mother Nature says, hey, you're going to have to wait one more day to see race cars on, on the racetrack at Bristol, still tune in. Is there still going to be a broadcast? And it's still going to be a lot of fun. we got a lot of really cool content that uh, Nick White's done a, a lot of work on uh, video-wise. I've done some. The whole team has is, is really chipped in to make these broadcasts uh, as special as they can be uh, for as special a, of an event as this is going to be. Six to nine, I believe, Eastern time. That's I believe Thursday? You, you, that is correct. It's going to be a fun one. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll absolutely. I think we'll all have a lot of fun at Bristol uh, this weekend, and when the especially when the sprint cars are there, it'll be be a really good time. Uh, really historic event. Uh, just really cool to see for sure. Absolutely. I won't be able to to make it up there now, but I can guarantee I'll be watching, uh, just like the rest of you all will be watching on Dirt Vision. For sure. Well, hey, thanks for uh, letting us know you're still good, Rob. But we were wondering, hey, where's Rob? <laughs> yeah, but no, I was here. Yeah, we're, we're glad to hear you're doing well and uh, uh, glad that we can uh, still bring you on today. Yeah, just glad to, glad to be a part of it. This uh, was a little bit of uh, feeling like normalcy again. So, you know, that's uh, that was a lot of this has been a lot of fun. It's been weird being on the, the phone end of it, but it's a lot of fun. 
Yep, yeah, you're, you're, you've done it right. You've been an okay guest, I guess. I mean, uh, so maybe you even a calm guest. Yeah, I mean, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think Dom might rank above, but yeah, he's not bad. Not bad, I guess. No, uh, I, I mean, I tend to agree with that. <laughs> All right. Well, we better end it there before we say more. <laughs> and cut. So, so, thank you, everybody, for listening once again. Uh, I have been Nick Raziano, along with Nick White and. And Rob Blount. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Hashtag red.